Today, I'm sitting down with Crit Crap, whom I'm sure needs no introduction, but I'll say it anyway. He does RPG horror stories for Dungeons and Dragons as well as other RPGs. We discuss his personal RPG horror story and the origin of his channel, as well as how to prevent horror stories in your games. And then the two of us kind of go off the rails and just talk about video games for 20 minutes. A little more rambly? Sure. Fun? Hell yeah. Sit back and relax. You're listening to Roll for Insight. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Roll for Insight. Crit Crab, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Hello, everybody. Crit Crab here. Awesome. Oh, my God. I'm just, I'm so happy now. So, we have a tradition. We have a thing we do on this episode every single time, or on the show more, rather. We always ask, what is your D&D pet peeve? It's not something that's going to break up a friendship or a group, but it's just something that makes you go, why'd you do that? Okay, I know exactly the answer for this because it does eat at me a Spill. lot. Um, is players, mm-hmm. because I'm a forever DM. I play a million more times than I've ever, I DM more than I've ever played. Uh, is players who are on their phone in the middle of the game. I don't know. It's like, even, I, I don't like it. It can break stuff up. It can be annoying. Uh, it's usually fine, but still, there's always that one player. It's their turn in combat, and they don't notice it because they were on their phone. Or you can hear TikToks when it's not their turn. It's just no fun. Oh, yeah. That is, I can't believe that one has never come up before. I don't think that one's ever come up distracted. It hasn't come up yet? No, that's we've like, had... That's like my biggest, yeah, thing. I think that's one that everyone thinks about too, but it's never come up. I mean, like, we've we've had, like, interruptions during roleplay. We've had, like, people looking through all of their dice to pick the right one. We've had, like, somebody going through all of the... Going, uh, 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 when they're trying to roleplay. But, yeah, we've never had, yeah. uh... We've never had phones at the table as, a, as one. It might have come up, I just can't remember. But, yeah, that's... No, nah, I'm just... I'm a forever DM, nothing, I have to keep tabs on everybody and make sure everybody's involved. I try to rope people in, but when it when, when they're on their phone, it's like they're breaking off from the table and it's hard to get them back without coming off a little dickish. And oh, exactly. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you're when you're like going through Reddit, you're going through Twitter, I mean, you can get absorbed into it and then yes, you're just completely you out of the game. Can. Especially you when you're playing can. online. Because you got the entire internet to look at. Mm-hmm. Oh, when you're playing online, it's the worst. Because there's, like, no escaping it. No escaping it. Yeah, even as a DM. Like, I I have Google Even as open. a DM, yeah. yeah. I, I'll have Twitter open. I'll, like, reply to somebody on Discord in the middle of narrating something. I've gotten pretty good at it. My players don't usually notice. But it still makes me feel a little bit bad when I then feel irritated by hearing somebody, like, I don't know, listening to a podcast or YouTube video in the background of the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or even worse, when their D&D soundtrack is different from the game's D&D soundtrack and you can hear it in the background and they're like listening to epic combat fight music in the middle of like town shopping while the rest of the music is kind of more fitting to the theme. That's interesting because last session, or last, not session, but episode, last episode, we had Momo on the show and she was talking about how she controls her own D&D music. So are you an advocate for players controlling their own music or are you like, nah, we have to have a unified soundtrack? 
Okay, that's a very interesting question because on one hand, the DM having control of the music can make it much better to set the mood for what's going on. However, on the other hand, players controlling their own music, in my opinion, is fine. It, as long as you can, as long as it's not loud, other people can't hear it because it will definitely mess with the mood the DM's trying to set. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we've talking about pet peeves, small little things, but you don't cover small little things on your channel. I mean, your RPG horror stories are huge in the community. I mean, I'm sure that a lot of people go to that subreddit because of your channel. So when it comes to RPG horror stories, what's one that happened to you? Do you have any that uh, happened to you in your games? I mean, you've never talked about your own experiences, <clears throat> but do you have any RPG horror, RPG horror stories that you yourself have experienced? Oh... Oh, many, 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 many. That's oh, how damn. I got involved was because I I experienced something bad in a game. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks. What do I do if this happens? And I just do some Googling around. And then I find the subreddit, which at the time had less than 30K, maybe had like something in the teens K subscribers on their subreddit. Uh, the most upvoted posts had like 500, 600 upvotes. It was a very underserved community, I think, especially given the sheer amount of people that just have problems in their games. So what but, was that yeah, story? To answer your question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To answer your question. I, I never told this in a video oh, yeah. uh, or on Twitch. Well, I told it once on Twitch. So I play D&D a lot at this game store. This is when I was first getting into the hobby. So I was going to DM for my family because they were and still are my main players. But... Before I want to get into DMing, I want to try it out as a player just so I can understand the player experience before diving headfirst. So I play in D&D Adventurers League, which, for those who don't know, does not have the best reputation. A lot of the times you catch people there who play in Adventurers League because they have nobody else who's willing to play with them. And for those who don't know, Adventurers League is a thing that game stores organize, usually on Wednesdays or Fridays or something, in their own stores, where players can link up. I play an adventure written by Wizards of the Coast. Adventurers League has specific rules. It plays a lot more like a event-based MMO or something, how there's not much of a... Roleplay isn't much of a factor. Uh, story isn't that much of a factor. It's more about diving in dungeons, killing things, collecting loot, leveling up, and moving on. So you also don't really get the full D&D experience, which comes into play a little later. Now, I show up at the game with my sister a little bit early so we can make characters and understand how the game works, ask questions, and the like. The DM we have there is one of those types who enjoys anime perhaps a bit too much. He wouldn't let my sister make a character and instead made her play an elf cleric named Asuna, for one. Just just so you can kind of understand what kind of person we're talking Damn, about Damn, my man, here. you remember the name? I would not have well, be, remembered the name. It's I ha, I, I've relived this experience so many times. I've, I've tried recording it and making it a video so many times. I know all the details by now. Um, Respectable. Plus, I watched, Sword Art, I watched Sword Art Online and it was very clear that this was a rip of the Sword Art Online character named Asuna. Oh. Uh, mm. Yeah, don't watch it if you haven't. I don't um, watch much anime, so. No? Uh. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe don't. I do, and yeah. Anyways, so what happens is we all sit down at the game. It's me, my sister, two other kids who look younger than me, 
and one adult at the table who's actually a very reasonable person. I was, I think, 16. My sister would have been 15. Uh, the other two players were even younger than us. I want to say perhaps 13 and 14. A DM, I want to say just barely an adult, if that. So anywhere between 17 and 19. Just so that you can get an idea of how old the people are, because this story gets really petty really fast. It's I, It was not one of my best moments. I'm, I'm just going to say. I'm going to expose myself a little bit. The DM, by the way, had a beard, glasses. I guessed he was around 30 at the time. But then again, at that age, everybody over 20 looks like they're ancient. Yeah. Uh, he could have been like 24, and I'm just imposing. Anyway, so we get down to the game. The DM sets us up and gets a little irritated when nobody performs roleplay actions or something, despite not setting them up, which irked and confused several people there. Because it's like, we just kind of want to hit stuff. We're all young teenagers. It's our first game. So what ends up happening is we end up entering like the first room of the dungeon. And he describes it's an ominous setting. There's a box on a table in the middle of the room. There's a brown cloth over it and only one door leading out. Now, I forget what our mission was, but we had to zoom. We had to go. I had no time for whatever was in this box with a, cl with a cloth over it. Everybody agreed, we gotta go. But then he described that the box started moving as we walked away. So we inspected it, and we're like, hey, I can tell that the signal is we're supposed to look in here, but this is totally, definitely a trap, so we're gonna go. However, he then takes control of my sister's character and forcibly makes her open the trap after... 15 minutes, I kid you not, like 15 minutes of trying to coax us into doing it, trying to lure us in. He then just decides, screw it, you open the box, and guess what? Out flies, like, five cockatrices. Uh, the DM describes how five cockatrices immediately fly out, and there are five of us, coincidentally. And one of them immediately freezes my sister's character, petrifies her. She's stoned now. And everyone at the table is like, what? Why? And just... just does she not get a save even? You're supposed to get a save against that kind of thing. Uh, and she's only stoned because you made her be stone, and just people were confused. Also, you don't just recover from petrification, so he either needed a plan to send in some sort of deus ex, especially given that we're all like level three, nobody can de-petrify her at this point. And what ensues is an hour-long slog through combat as he made all of their HP insanely high, damaged like nothing and he implemented this weird mechanic where where one or two people would be frozen at a time and just we'd have to like freeze tag each other it was just a slog That's it was weird. boring it was terrible nobody liked it and the dm was feeling some heat yeah you could just tell that everybody was getting annoyed he would even purposefully fudge the players roles like when i would roll and miss their ac he would say oh i see you got a 20 you deal double damage because at some point about an hour in, he realized how big of a failure this was and just wanted to speed things along. Now, I don't understand why he didn't just change the HP of the of the bad. I don't know why he didn't either. He could have just made it so our attacks started hitting harder and also our guys unfreeze. Yeah, uh, at that point. petrify, I should say. Oh, no, I was just going to say, if I was the DM at that point, the first thing I would do is not have done that at all because, you know. Yeah, but sucks. the first thing I would have actually done is make them all somehow out of hit points 
as soon as somebody else touches them. Like, you smack them, it's dead now. Yeah, I would have but just lowered the just... HP of the of the baddies. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Just lower their HP, make combat faster so they can move so players can move on. Yeah. Now Or encourage them to run. Or encourage them to run if you want to maintain this sort of immersion. Dis- display them as this sort of unkillable enemy, perhaps. But yeah. we did try running. The door was was locked somehow. It only unlocked after the combat encounter was over. All the doors somehow locked. Now, at this point, we just we we just we just kind of want to go, so it takes forever to kill them, and we move on to the next room. The next room is long. I don't think he knew how goblins worked. That combat became a slog too. But what ends up happening is, me, and my sister, kind of stop taking the game seriously, and start making jokes and just kind of having fun outside of the in the game and it bleeds outside of the game and breaks immersion in an event that was supposed to be also roleplay heavy because he really pushed roleplay down. So what ends up happening is because my sister and I just finished Metal Gear Solid 3, amazing game if you haven't played it, we keep making Metal Gear references. You know, I'm like, Colonel! <laughs> yeah. I, I get my character in a cardboard box and call Colonel. And we start talking about how we hide in cardboard boxes and we make snake noises like, This catches on with the two kids who were ever so slightly younger than us, who then also stop taking the game seriously at all and do Metal Gear Solid stuff. And we're all like drawing pictures of our characters in Metal Gear Solid poses. It's very much something you would have expected out of like a kindergarten if they were all into that sort of thing. The only person who's even trying to keep it civil and cool is the other adult at the table who was the actual mature person. Definitely not us or the DM, though, because the DM started throwing stuff at me for inciting you know, Metal Gear Solid stuff. Inciting Metal Gear Chaos. But to be, to be inciting fair... Inciting Metal Gear Chaos. To be yeah. fair, I no. mean, like, aren't you guys, like, it's Adventurer's League. It's, like, bad form to leave the game early. And if you're stuck in a it bad is, game, you might as well just have at least a little bit of fun we, with it. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about our characters, like, the clap of our butt cheeks keep alerting the kobolds or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're just, you know, we're trying to have if fun. If you're gonna have a BS combat, game. you might as well, like, have it be for a funny reason. Oh, yeah. And it becomes clear at some point that this has begun to upset the DM. You know, his face is getting redder and his voice is getting higher pitched. Yeah. Uh, And we and I feel bad about this whenever I think about it, but we didn't stop. Um, we We kind of thought it was funny. So we kept going and we kept kind of pushing this guy a little bit further until he says that everybody has to stop or he's like rage quitting. He's leaving. So we all kind of cool down. But at one point, we're in the middle of combat. Right when everything kind of gets back to normal. I I can... I... Oof. <laughs> I describe... If anyone's played Metal Gear Solid 2, they know the iconic Raiden naked cartwheels scene. Mm. Um, And I describe... Like, I don't say my character does naked cartwheels because that would be g- weird and gross. But I do make my best Raiden impression. I'm like, I'm going to do a cartwheel. And I'm just like, Snake, look at me go. And what proceeds is the DM then picks up his water bottle, yeets it at me. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> Throws it at me. And so I'm just like, I'm laughing. I'm laughing on the floor. I'm. This is the funniest thing I've ever done. Everybody starts laughing. 
he gets really mad. Uh, the the actual the actual adults is like, dude, that wasn't cool. Actually, get up after everybody's had a good laugh. And it's at that point that I pretend to get a call from my mom and leave. Good move. Uh, yeah, Clean because I just realized move. that I kind of accidentally caused an insurrection and made ev- everything bad happen in the game. So I felt kind of bad shortly afterwards. But until then, I was feeling good. I was like, all right. I raised a little hell. I didn't have fun. Uh, the DM's kind of a weirdo. So I left. And we all just kind of hang out at the, hang, hung out at the mall at that point, kind of reminiscing, remembering funny moments. Only later... When I sat in the DM seat, though, when I was actually running a game, I was like, whoa, this is actually really difficult. <laughs> um, this is much harder than I gave him credit for, and I felt bad about it. Next Adventures League, uh, at some point down the road, I think it would have been about a week or two, I came back, tried to find the dude to apologize, but I couldn't. And I think I heard word from one of the people there that he quit. He's somebody else had a bad experience and it just completely tanked him. Yeah, I mean, some people, anyway. some people can are able to run games. I mean, like, obviously the guy, oh, geez, obviously the guy wasn't an awesome DM. But I mean, one thing that really like is a red flag for me whenever I'm trying to play D&D or run D&D is like DMs getting like genuinely upset when players like don't take things seriously. Like at the end of the day, especially when you're playing with kids, like teenagers, I mean, like, it's just something you gotta deal with sometimes. Like, you have to roll with it. And obviously having a session zero to be like, hey, this is a serious campaign. You know, that's important. But if you're just running a game, especially at, like, Adventurer's League, where it's basically just a bunch of people coming in. If you're running with teenagers, I mean, I don't know what you expect. Kids are gonna be kids. They're gonna have fun sometimes. And the best thing is just to kind of roll with it. Try and to incorporate their silliness into the game. And you can have some really good times. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think back on it sometimes about how I might have done better as a player to make the game funner while keeping the game together. I think about what I would have done if I were the DM and how I might have salvaged it. But if there is one thing, the DM definitely came off to me as not prepared, didn't know the rules around petrification because I found out I don't think cockatrices can petrify. I'm not quite sure. They can petrify, Maybe. but not like instantaneously like that. It's like the Medusa. You have to fail once and fail oh. again. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Because all I remembered was I looked up the rules and they couldn't just freeze you out of nowhere. Yeah, they can't just like, boop, done. It has to be. Yeah. You might be able, wait, I, I might take that back because I know the Medusa can freeze you outright if you fail to save by more than five. So cockatrices might be also mm. able to do that, but I don't remember. I've never used them. Well, yeah, either way, she didn't get a save, so, yeah, so well, nobody uh, did. Well, there you so go. So it's a problem. Um, but yeah, anyways, what happened was shortly after that, I real, I just, I just kind of, I was just looking around like, my DM sucks, what do I do? So that I can learn to not be a DM who sucks. And... I watched a lot of uh, the Great GM videos by Guy. If you haven't seen them, they're really good. And on top of that, I became a lot more self-critical as a DM, which isn't always the best thing to be, especially if you run games that are fine. But I figured that if I was going to be as critical as I was to that guy and mess up their game, I should probably do a lot of self-searching. And 
I mean, yeah, I consider myself a decent enough DM and what I want to do on my channel especially, and what I have been doing for the past couple of years, is reviewing situations like that, to me at least, or situations that where games go bump, and explaining possibly to those who relate or those who want to know what to do, how to handle it in the best way possible. Do you have any advice for people who are in that rut where they're like, they're very self-critical, they want to be good DMs, but maybe they're taking it a bit far, like they're suffering from some sort of imposter syndrome. Like a lot of DMs have that problem where they are so incredibly self-critical that, I mean, they could hardly run the game afterwards. I mean, you've heard of that DMing hangover where you finish the game and then you oh, run the absolutely. whole session. Oh, I know head. it too well. Yeah. I know it all Do you have any well. advice for people for avoiding that? Because it's a really unfortunate situation. Oh. Oh, absolutely I do. It's something that really defined my entire DMing career up until I want to say 2019. I was really self-critical. I really didn't like however I ran games. I wanted to be a lot more like, this is before I had it, before it had a name, but I definitely had what is now called like the Matt Mercer effect, where I'd see games being run by all these you know, talented DMs and I would feel inferior or not good enough because I couldn't run games like that. And to people who suffer with that or suffer with not feeling like they're adequate as a DM or skilled or knowledgeable on the rules, a few of the best pieces of advice I've really adapted, I adopted, I guess, is one, especially to realize that it's just a game your friends and everybody are there not to experience some grand, super ambitious space opera. But at the end of the day, they're just there to have fun with you and their other friends. And the rest of the game kind of takes a backseat to that. Remember, your your players aren't there to judge you. Like They don't come to your games to like make fun of you or to mock you. I mean, they're your buddies. They're your friends. They're there to play the game, like, like you said. So, I mean, that's what I always Absolutely. say. They're not your enemies. Yeah, you're... Yeah, your friends are there. Your friends are there to have fun with you. And if you're not having fun, like they don't they don't want you to not have fun. They don't want you to be an ext be a highly paid voice actor or world builder. They want to play a fun d RPG and D&D &D was the thing they picked. I mean, not to say that you can't you like picked or something. Yeah, not to say that you can't improve your skills. Like I mean, I make D&D &D advice videos for a reason, just so that people can improve. I am. But I mean, if you don't have all those skills, like, automatically committed to heart, I mean, no one gets good in a heartbeat, and, you know, you're going to need practice. And what better way to practice than games that are literally played four hours a week? Like, how many skills get oh, that much practice? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yes, it's played for a very long time uh, in, sh in bursts. That, that is very good advice, though. Yeah, I mean, you, you're just going to use that time to improve, and you just can't expect yourself to be good at it in a heartbeat. Yeah, a big thing I should say is not to sweat getting better because by playing the game you will passively get better at it it's not you know the, it's not like studying how you need to genuinely put in a ton of back-breaking effort just by playing it and kind of picking up on the rules as you go finding out more about the game and how to run it effectively you will get better at it just by doing it so you know best way to go is to just just play the game 
what's one big mistake that you often see people make when trying to handle like a problem player or a problem DM? Like I've talked about this with other guests before because I've had a bunch of people who read RPG horror stories who have experienced RPG horror stories. But I mean, it can be really hard. People are not confrontational by nature. Like I can't name a single person that stands there and goes, yes, I like confrontation. So to you, like how do you handle problem players? And what's your advice for people who have some kind of issue in their games? The biggest problem I see with people who have horror problem players at their table, a lack of communication. It sounds really cliche. It sounds like something, of course, I would say that. But it absolutely is the hugest problem I see. Players don't want to get confrontational or cause drama with their DM because, of course, these are their friends in the game and out of the game. So they don't want to cause problems in the D&D game that could ripple into their real lives. So they don't communicate problems or traits that their DM or player has that makes the game worse for them. So they feel like they're sacrificing or, you know, taking one for the team by ignoring these problems and letting them fester when that doesn't happen either. And instead, everybody just gets more tense. Session zero helps. It's not a silver bullet, but it helps. Communicating openly with your DM or giving feedback at the end of the session when they ask assuming they can handle it, is also good. But yeah, ultimately, one of the hugest things it comes down to is not knowing who your DM or problem player is or what they want or what their motivations are. All right, so here's here's a, a, a point of view that I, that I share with a couple other YouTubers, but I've seen some pushback on it, so I was hoping to get your perspective on this. But how do you feel about people handling problem players or problem DMs in the game? Because my point of view is that I think that that is like the worst thing you could possibly do because in-game consequences don't solve out-of-game problems and it just makes people more frustrated. But that's just my point of view. Like, what do you think of people handling an in-game, an out-of-game problem with an in-game solution? Yes. No, absolutely. It is, it is the hugest mistake I have ever seen. It's a total blunder. It's a mishandling of the situation and your friends. It's almost insulting, actually, to try and fix problems you have with your friends in-game rather than out. I understand not wanting to cause tension or drama because sitting someone down and being genuine with them runs the risk of making it personal. But if, you're, if you say you have a greedy friend who takes all the special, all the special items... Creating a problem in the game that prevents him from getting the items, say, I don't know, maybe he loses his hand or develops a curse that doesn't let him pick up new stuff. This is a bit of a stretch, I know, but it's an example. Will only cause them to try and do the thing more because they'll see it as a challenge. You know, it's in the game. It's a thing that's preventing them from doing the thing they want. And in games, they the obstacle, and in real life, the obstacle kind of is the way it's you're it's like the quote you know if there's one thing video games taught me it's that if you're facing enemies you're going the right way they'll see you blocking them as like a challenge probably i've never thought of it like that that's a great point though that's absolutely a great <laughs> point and by the way what you said is not a stretch at all because legitimately half the comments on one of my videos are about oh my god that guy's taking all the items well why don't you give him a cursed one or why don't you make it so he can't pick up items anymore i'm like oh don't do that yeah exactly like that's half read is fun that is half the comments though like so many no don't that you're doing the right thing from what i can hear uh just if a player is kind of an item hog 
creating making a part of the game not being able to get items will probably make him want to get items yeah i'm just gonna be i'm gonna be real he's gonna see it as his challenge you know that's his arc yeah it's so much easier to just go like items hey greg like why are you taking all the items man (laughs) like if they're if they're a real friend that you can actually talk to about things they will like they will understand most likely nine times out of ten they'll be like oh i didn't see it that way they might throw the idea around with you a little bit uh, in a constructive way. But yeah, if there's somebody who is both an actual good friend and has the self-awareness to know when they're wrong, then yeah, they'll absolutely take it, take it a couple steps back. Have you seen the taking 20 like problem players video? When would that have been? I watched him a lot in like 2019. Oh my, uh, I think it was and it kind of tapered off in 2020. Whenever do you play Star Wars Battlefront? This is, I don't uh, know why this is how I mark my calendar. Is this, is this the new, is the, that, is the, it the one on? The EA 2, because I was playing, I remember yes, I watched. Yes, I love that game. Yeah, well, unfortunately it got discontinued before it could get really, really good. But anyway, um, how do you feel about, uh, can I ask how you feel about that? Because like, this isn't the Star Wars Battlefront show. Star Wars Battlefront 2 getting like discontinued. The new one? The new one, yeah. Wait, they're discontinuing it? Yeah, they just they are shutting the servers down, but they're not gonna put any more content into it. Oh, I didn't hear. I haven't played it. Admittedly, I haven't played it in about five months. But I played it obsessively for the five months before then. I mean, yeah, it was. I just, it was I've getting had, so yeah. good. It was getting so. so I, good. I really, I really like seeing all the new ones and the old ones, like Kylo and you know Ray. Yeah, I lo- love it. And I love it. I, I really like Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, and. I really liked Star Wars Battlefront because it mixed. It was one of the few games that really did it. It mixed really great combat mechanics, a cool campaign, actually fun multiplayer. Just kind of blended it all up. I loved it. Yeah, I I loved it. Like they, I had a lot of issues when it, with it when it came out, but they really like patchworked the game. But I mean, they right did. before, right before they really got to they they finished adding all the original trilogy stuff and all the sequel stuff from the rise of skywalker and i was like okay okay we got some momentum we got some momentum star wars is getting a lot of momentum because of the mandalorian like oh my god can we get like a mandalorian playable character can we get a so katano oh my god this is gonna be so great and then they canceled the game (laughs) and then they canceled the game right after scarif it it had it was released in like 20, 2017, 2018, yeah. wasn't it? It still had some gas in it. Oh, it had so you know? much gas in it. Oh, my God. Like, it could have been played for a long time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember when it was released for free uh, sometime in 2020 or 2021 early, I think. So uh, many people like, played it. Everybody was playing it. All my friends were playing it. It was just the most fun I've had in a shooter in a very long time. And then they it, canceled it. it. I, <laughs> I didn't know they canceled it. I was just, I, I still have it downloaded on Epic. I was thinking about playing it again, actually, just a couple weeks ago. I mean, I it's, like, still, hey, I wanna, it's still, it's still a lot of fun. I want to get in, but yeah, no more. Yeah, and I probably will play it again, but man, I've just been preoccupied with Dead by Daylight and, and Fortnite lately. <laughs> well, not, not same. I haven't been playing Dead by Daylight or Fortnite, but anyway, the reason I, I brought up Star Wars Battlefront was because, uh, yeah, I was watching, I remember when Geonosis, I was playing Geonosis, like Galactic Conquest. Or Galactic Assault. It's not called Galactic Conquest. That was the old games. But yeah, I was watching that, uh, watching his video while playing that. And it was, that means it was like 20, yeah, I believe it was 2019, 2020. But he mentioned during his video on problem players, he was talking about like how things like Min Maxers and Spotlight Hogs, like really, they are some of the most, probably, 
I mean, if if we're going by like the way they're thinking, probably some of the most reasonable people you could deal with, and oh, trying to punish them in the game. Involved. Yeah, trying to punish mm-hmm. them in the game will just it'll just be a bad idea. It's it's like it's like trying to roll the snowball problem down the hill mm-hmm. so you're not dealing with it now but it's way bigger when you actually get to it it's like the the million other things i procrastinate you know yeah. i mean rules lawyers too like if i'm if i'm gonna punish a rules lawyer and someone's like hey why'd you do that man and i'm like man this guy he wants to get all the rules right i cannot believe it so yeah i punished him in the game for wanting to get the rules right i'd sound like a real dick when i yeah yeah, no, absolutely. A lot of problem players, a lot of them, are really reasonable, yeah. really okay. They're your friends. It's just that there is something about the game they're not internalizing or that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're, you know, not as self-aware as other people or they are more prone to taking liberties than other people. But at the end of the day, they're there to have a good time and hang out with their friends and they can be reasoned with. Oh, you yeah. wouldn't know that by watching my videos where everybody's like the worst person ever. Um, yeah, same here. Most of the time, most of the time you start a D&D game with your friends, you're having a good time, but one person just really wants to be in front of the camera all the time, or they have a really cringy character that they insist upon playing. Yeah, You can usually just reason with them Talk a little down. bit and... You know, just it sucks to have to tell people that what they're doing sucks, especially if you care about them and they're your friend. But it's something you kind of have to do. Or there are times when you genuinely make mistakes as a DM, like killing off somebody's player unnecessarily. That one stings. Yeah. You feel like you've actually murdered a person after that. As a player slayer, uh, I have about three of them under my belt, I think. a char- I've, I've had to pull the trigger on, I think, three characters. Oh, f- Ooh, they they all came back. Hurts. They came back. None of but mine it was did. it was intense. <laughs> it was an intense moment. There was screaming. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. Yeah, no. I one of one of my players died in I think the dumbest way possible. This is a person who was a lot like me when I started. He was very. He didn't really care. He was just there to have a meme fun time. And I would have disliked it, and I was sometimes annoyed with him. But, of course, I remembered that when I was in a game, I took it not at all seriously, and I just messed around, so I took it easy on him. He was also younger, so it's just what it was. Yeah, it is how it is, especially uh, like what we said, especially with kids. Yeah, at the end of the, at the very end of the game, because, like, he was memeing around, but he had a concept of mortality and didn't get himself into more trouble than the other people could pull him out of, which was kind of annoying to them. but what he does is at the very end of the campaign they're in the big citadel they just closed a portal you know there's blood everywhere tons of dead people but the party came up victorious uh one of them was dead but he would like one of them was dying i should say in critical condition and being healed what this little guy does is he just says okay well i sit on my shield on the very long railway down like a million steps and I just slide down there. I see how fast I could go. No, he was in a wheelchair. And he oh. said, I just want to slide down the extremely long railway. Eh, dead. And yeah, no, I was just, normally I might have pulled a string or two or let the party try to save him. But they were just done with it. The campaign was over. They hit level 20. 
uh, they finished off the campaign. Hey, level twenty, he might survive. Is he a if he was a barb? I think he would have survived because I don't think they can. No, be... he wasn't. Oh well, then that's not good. <laughs> no, no, he was a. I think he was a ranger. Oh, um, but yeah, no. What he does is he he and this is like a mythically long stairway, right? It's like it goes up in a huge mountain straight down. Has like a super long uh, concrete like railway sort of thing. Not railing, but you know, like the kind of... The gray anyway, beards gets mo- in his wheelchair. modernized their, their system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The gray beards modernized. The modernized gray beards. And he gets on and just tries to grind all the way down it on his wheelchair. And I tell him like, hey, there are two large like angel statues at the bottom of the stairway. You're probably going to kill yourself if you try this. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And he thought his friends would save him, but <laughs> I just describe as he passes his uh, athletics check to stay balanced or acrobatics, and he does. He just watches, and he's like, guys, are you going to save me? And they're just like, nope. And he's just screaming as he's going down until he, until I describe at the very end how just past their sight, they just see a tiny speck break off into five smaller specks into different directions on their way down. They see a bunch of pieces of dwarf and broken wheelchair and it's just horrible. Um, but they were laughing. Yeah. Because they're just like, well, he finally got it. Finally got what was coming to him. Rest in peace, Ranger. He did Rip it. Rip in peace. <laughs> he did it. He did it. He did it in the end. <laughs> no, but that's like mm-hmm. one of my big D&D pet peeves. I never get to talk about this. But yeah, one of my big ones is like, look, if you're playing a dumb character who's doing a dumb thing. I think that's okay, but you better not complain when that dumb thing Absolutely bites you not. in the ass. No. Absolutely dude. not. No, he was he was a little bit upset when nobody was going to save him. I shouldn't say upset. I should say surprised. Yeah. But I credit where it's due. We took it like a champ. I we explained before that this was the last session. So he kind of just pulled his riskiest stupid stunt uh aside from like jumping into a dragon's mouth so his friend could pull him out. <laughs> You know, he was just testing, he was testing fate the entire time. And that was his character arc. His character arc was testing death and then finally getting killed. I'm curious. That was was his thing. Because we've been talking about, like, jokey campaigns and and we've been discussing, like, different kinds of problem players. Well, one of the ones that I talk about, I haven't talked about yet, is, like, the peanut gallery player. Because the guy who, you know, takes the serious campaign and makes it a lot less serious. I mean, do you prefer serious campaigns or are you, like... The guy DM who's like, beer and pretzels, let's sit down, let's do it. Nothing wrong with either style. Of course, both are completely valid. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I've i tried running serious campaigns before. Uh, I've managed to, I've done it, but the campaigns that really stick and my default DMing style is a lot more lighthearted. I would say PG-13. I almost never get into seriously hard topics. Most of my games are PG-13, I would rate them. Kind of like a bloodier adventure time would be a smart way to put it. Sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Me and my players have a great time, and that is that. Yeah, no, and exactly. Like, I, I find the real RPG horror story of the D&D community is how many people are like, no, D&D is played like this with this amount of role-playing or yeah, this amount of... Yeah, like, absolutely. Or just this like, serious Just like tone. they're measuring cups, oh my you know, God, and they measure man. fake facts, no... There's no there's there's no right or wrong mix of role playing combat. D&D is special in that 
you could play it entirely as just a dungeon crawler where you collect loot and gain power, and it's an amazing game. Or you can play it as a game where there's very little combat and it's mostly just political intrigue and backstabbing and betrayal. And it also functions really well. Of course, there's always a mix in most every game I've seen where mine err on the side of clubbing things and having fun. Yeah, and mine uh, are more roleplay yeah. focused. Both are completely... Absolutely. Yeah, both are completely Absolutely. Valid. And I should say to a lot of DMs out there who see a lot of bigger games that have these huge, this giant scope where there are a million little details and the DM can pull people emotionally together, you know, in this like heart gripping fantasy or whatever. It's hard. That it's very hard to do. And your players are not going to be, is that there's nothing wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong or inferior about having a smaller, simpler scope. That's more focused on kind of running around and clubbing things. That's what a lot of my games are like. And I'm, you know, a D&D YouTuber. I'd like to think that I'm somewhat known yeah. within the community. Somewhat. Yeah. A little bit. I'm a little bit. You were in the video. I appreciate it. Weren't you a Joe Cats, like, DMing video? You were in the video yes. with Matt Mercer, bro. Yes. I, I cast Polymorph on him in the middle of his speech. That's my line. Joe Cat's amazing. I love He's his awesome. videos. I've seen all of them. I even watch his uh, Final Fantasy crap guides, even though I barely play it. I've never played but, Final yeah. Fantasy like in my life, but I might start. Because, I don't. Yeah, because World of Warcraft is not MMOs. good anymore. No, I played World of Warcraft obsessively Same. as a kid. I as, as especially as a kid, that was like something my dad and I bonded over a lot. Uh, in the olden days, we played a ton of World of Warcraft, Dude, way too much. Wow, we were raiding so buddies. Good. Oh, yeah, like, a lot of my favorite memories are my dad and I, like, doing raids or just Hell kind of running yeah. around Hell with his yeah. work buddies or whatever. Great, great times. I really liked World of Warcraft. It always had a very special spot in my heart. And I tried getting back into it, and I want to say March through June 2020. But... Shadowlands at that point, right? Uh, it was right on the cusp of Shadowlands being released. Oh, even if it, it was, was Battle for Azeroth, not much better. <laughs> no, yeah, um... If it was oh, wait, Battle for Azeroth was better than Shadowlands? Ah, no. I mean... Was uh, it? Was it? Because I was invested in that. I wanted. I didn't like Battle for Azeroth that much. I Okay, so here's the thing. I, I, I'm careful because I think Shadowlands did some things right that Battle for Azeroth didn't. But Shadowlands also had some really stupid, crippling flaws. Not only mechanically, but also, look, I mean, here's the thing. The, the art and lore team rarely mess up. Like, World of Warcraft lore is known for being very, very, very good, right? Oh, very extensive but and well put together. Shadowlands, boy. Uh, I even just... Look, this is a pet peeve of mine. Like, not D&D, but narratively. I hate afterlife stories. I, I hate them. I don't... I, I, have an, I could do an entire video essay on why I hate afterlife stories. But just the concept of, you know, going into the afterlife is automatically for me, like, okay, I'm not liking this as much. But I was going to give it a chance because of the chance to meet old World of Warcraft or Warcraft heroes and villains. And only like under 15, like there's like 10 to 15 of them that make an appearance. It's such wasted potential in Shadowlands. Yeah, yeah. And oh my gosh, yeah, that is something interesting though. Last because... Great X-Back was Legion. I loved the hell out of Legion, man. <laughs> oh, was that the 
Legion, one second. That was... Illidan's coming that? back, Burning Legion invading Azeroth, yeah, Broken Isles. That yeah. shit was my jam. It was so good. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah, no. World of Warcraft, it did so much right, but oof. I BFA. couldn't. And now with the news on Activision Blizzard ooh, being what yeah. they are. I Yeah, I just, you know, I canceled my subscription last year. Um, wasn't planning on going back, but especially after that, I'm like, ooh, I'm also going to quit StarCraft now. I just can't oh, do this man, anymore. Man, I, I quit StarCraft. I, I'm so mad about it. I'm like, so, I, yeah. I, I, love StarCraft. I love StarCraft. Oh. I love StarCraft. Okay, wait, wait hold on, hold on. Hold on. This this will determine if this episode is getting posted. Who is your main? Protoss. Zerg. I know. Everyone says Zerg. Everyone Wait, what? Does. Really? I understand. Everyone? Uh, all of my friends say Zerg, I should say. Oh, all my you. friends who play it say Zerg. Uh, a lot of all my favorite people. Protoss I will say is... Protoss is pretty cool, though. Pro- if I'm I, in a I team game, it. if I'm in a team match like 4v4, if I see a Protoss on my team, I'm happy. I'm like, I'm genuinely like, great. Yeah. thing is that they... What I've done, what it, the way I've gotten good at Protoss is just by stalling and being a dick uh, until the late game, and then I win. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Kinda... You get you got all your carriers, you get your mothership, yeah. and at that point, just like... gotta just gotta be a dick until the very end of the game, and then stomp them. If you're if you were being a if you were being really mean earlier, then you can just afford to squish them and get and they're suffering. But if you don't commit to being the most annoying person on the face of the planet as early as possible then it's going to drag out and you're going to feel bad. I mean, Protoss early win. game, like I've never, I mean, obviously Protoss early game exists. Like, I mean, you watch, prof- I've watched, I still, I, I don't play the game anymore, but I mean, geez, StarCraft professional leagues are just so damn I've seen them. I good. watched them on Twitch. So They're good. insane, all these maneuvers they pulled. I, I, there were a few of my favorites back then. I forget who they were. I watched it mostly in like 2018, 19. But... I think StarCraft is the perfect esport because look, I mean, uh, it and, is. And this, it absolutely is. This I'll, is like take that to the bank. a subjective point of view, obviously, because like just for me, a lot of first-person shooters, especially Overwatch. I mean, the people who are really, really good, I can tell they're very good, but at the same time, I don't really understand what's happening. There's so much going on, but with StarCraft, it's slow mm-hmm. enough that I get it. Like I understand what's going oh, yeah. on with the game. Helps that I play oh, a lot more StarCraft yeah, than can... Overwatch, though. Yeah, you can internalize it when you can see like the entire map and everything that's mm-hmm. going on. So uh, the more you understand the game as well, because I'm sure people who are knee deep in shooters won't know which unit they're looking at or what's going on or even who's winning at times. Yeah, I mean it's hard to tell. <laughs> and you're like, oh wait, they surrendered. It can be. But what's happening? Why did they do that? Wait, they surrendered. Like Whoa. I don't. They weren't being surrounded, and all hope wasn't lost. Uh, but that's not what they see. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my god. Rest in peace. Starcraft. Yeah. So I've. And wow. I need to find a new RTS. I think I've mostly just been. I don't even think I can go back. I I don't even think I can go to another RTS. Like, after StarCraft, like, I don't even know if I can go to another one. I can, I sometimes eye other games. One second, let me check my Steam. There's one I played. This is nothing like StarCraft, but I uh, I played a lot of RimWorld. I've heard that Uh, one. RimWorld, it's, it's something. It's something. I went down the, I went down the uh, Prison Architect to Crusader Kings to RimWorld, like, Pipeline as the games I play get progressively more confusing and yeah. intense. RTSs have never been my like real gaming thing, so I never really sought to replace StarCraft. I like I'm I'm good with leaving it there, especially since I'm not really super great at RTSs. But I had to fill the MMO void, like the grind, the the live. Oh my game. gosh, MMOs are MMOs are such a drug. Yeah, I just gotta say, and I gotta I've, love them. Gotta love them. You get I, caught in the reward cycle. It's worth it. Uh, yeah, worth you know. 
I replaced the, the I replaced WoW with uh, I replaced WoW with Destiny, and then I don't know the 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 fantasy open world because uh, Destiny's not fantasy; it's a sci-fi. But the fantasy open world, right. I I just played Skyrim, and you know I, I love love Skyrim. Love oh, Skyrim. absolutely! Skyrim did open world game really well. I don't really go to other games to find that until Elder Scrolls Six releases. Well, uh, I mean, which Ghost, I've been of for. Ghost of Tsushima is like. I've had an eye on that. It's I have. so okay. I just got through replaying it a third time, and I still oh my gosh. get goosebumps. Like at the end, I still tear up. It's that good. Like it's so good, dude. Like mm. it doesn't. I gotta get into that. I've been looking. I've been looking for a new game to pick up. I completed Red Dead Redemption Two. That game's also uh, amazing. That game's also amazing. I. I don't know. That game did something different to me. I that I, I don't know. I I haven't been able to play other games the same. That way. game is amazing. But I mean, I I'll be honest though. Like the story of Red Dead is amazing and like spectacular and like honestly one of the best Western stories I've ever consumed, if not the best. But damn, the gameplay on PS4. Oh boy! If Arthur crouches when I want him to shoot one more damn time, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And they're, they 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 messed up the controls. They fudged them so bad. Yeah, it's it's. Um, there's it's another the thing like how if you want to get a closer look at something, you got to aim your gun at it. And I just have to be like, I don't want to shoot you, yeah, dude. Exactly, exactly. Oh my god, thank you. Arthur's I... just like aiming his gun at his friend. Like, I just want to get a better look. Got this man. That's why I was happy. Like, obviously, I I love Red Dead. It's Red Dead Two is like an amazing spectacular phenomenal game but i was honestly happy that god of war beat it just because it's a it's game it's game of the year and that means i prioritize like i usually will prioritize gameplay when i'm thinking game of the year yeah so yeah Mm -hmm. god of war when it comes to gameplay like it's for me it wasn't even close good a good story is determined by the entire thing from beginning to end and all the themes and perhaps symbolism or allegory or whatever but you'll be able to detect good gameplay on the spot. Yeah, it'll it'll feel good to play. You will enjoy playing it. Doesn't hurt that With God of War's Dead. story is like no slouch either. God of War has a great story. Oh no, absolutely yeah. no. That's <laughs> another big hurt. point. The God, of, yeah, no, God of War's story. I'm just comparing raw gameplay versus story. Uh, to determine if something's a good story, you need to know the beginning, the end, and all that. Yeah. To determine if it has good gameplay, you have to sit down with it for like 15 minutes. Yeah. In game. Exactly. You know? It's and then and then you enjoy it for the entire thing, and there's a lot less slow moments or developing because again, it comes down to how the game feels and how well it plays. Hype for Ragnarok, man! Hype for Ragnarok! Hype for Ragnarok! Hype! For yeah, Ragnarok. I saw Thor. I saw Chunky Thor. That is the coolest. I I like. I, I he don't know, better I get really, a cape. I really hope he gets a cape. I want capes to get are cape. cool. Capes yes. are cool. I don't know. He had I a just, cape in the just, in the thing in the in the like preview he, where he's yeah, like, yeah, he's <sighs> he's gonna be dope. I don't know. I saw the picture of a uh, bulky Thor, I was and hyped. I was like, "That is the coolest version of Thor I I've love ever bulk seen." Thor. I don't like the pose. He, he, he actually in. looks. I like the pose he's in, but I'm yeah. sure, like in motion, he'll be a lot like. Yeah, it's he it's looks a, intimidating. It's a, you know who I love though? He the design that like... I love more than Thor, Freya, evil Freya. Oh, with the black Ooh. eyeliner like running down her face and the tattoos and everything. Oh, she looks awesome. Yeah. Hyper. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. This is it's gonna I I can't wait. This game's gonna be really cool. Also, I cannot I believe give... the voice actor for Atreus is the same kid from the first game. He went through some serious puberty, like in real life. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, no. He got he 
yeah, it makes you it may, it really makes you feel how long it's been. Like when did God of War four drop? Twenty sixteen, and it was in dev for like what four? Not judging, like take as long as you can need to take to make the game good. But like mm-hmm. cyberpunk, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, four. Oh, like so, yeah. No, we don't want that. And that wasn't that wasn't their fault. To be fair, that was I'm sure that was some execs' fault. But it you was know. shareholders. It was Share, shareholders. Yeah, you know. I'm, that's my conspiracy theory. Capitalism. It's not even a. Um, it's not even a conspiracy theory. Like I, you need to read Jason Schreier's article on the failure of cyberpunk because he goes into it. They, the his here's his report. What happened was. The devs called, like, the board or the shareholder. I don't know. They, they called the higher-ups and were like, okay, we're going to have this game done. We're eyeing, like, quarter three, 2021, quarter one, quarter two, 2022. That's when we're probably going to have it done. And, the, and then they get to E3. Keanu Reeves goes on stage and it's like, 2020. And the devs are like, what? Excuse me? Excuse, that's what? horrible what what that's so they bad they found out at e3 they found out the debt the people who are responsible for making the game found out at e3 yep with everyone else at e3 <laughs> what with keanu what? and you know they, i didn't know that yeah and they're and you know and, and a lot of them are in the audience so they they have to so i'm sure internally their jaws must have dropped <laughs> they must have been crying like i'm going to yeah, give up on my families like, He's sitting there crying, and it's just like, great news, I know, right, buddy? <laughs> no, God. And he's just I, sitting there, like, weeping. And you're like, oh, and you're, and you're so and even worse, like, you're a fan Keanu Reeves, like, this is your project, and it's it's gone from, like, an emotional high to emotional, like, as low as it possibly can go. I know, straight, <laughs> like, from 100 to zero. He's like, what, we have Keanu Reeves hyping this thing that I made, that I have a part of, you know? Uh, and, the, and then it's just like, 2020! And then dead. Like, uh, I want to die. <laughs> Literally. Rip. Oh rip my me. god. Anyway, Dungeons and Dragons. So Anyways, Dungeons and Dungeons Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. This obscure game. This, I've heard yeah, a little bit about, about it. it. They are, that was satanic. Were we supposed to be talking about Dungeons and Dragons eventually? <laughs> Guys, yeah, we'll yeah we're going to get around to the Dungeons and Dragons. Holy segment. shit, we've been doing the show for an hour. Really? Yeah, we've been at this It doesn't, I feels like 20 minutes. Bro, this has been, I do, I love talking to you, man. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, all right. So we should probably wrap, wrap this up. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. look, you're a DM, you're a forever DM. And I know this question is stereotypical, but everyone gives a different answer to this, which is why I always love asking it. But if you had to give one piece of advice to dungeon masters, old or new, it doesn't matter. Just people who want to DM, what's your big piece of advice? What's one thing that you learned that you wish you learned earlier? Oh, for me, mm-hmm. this is, this is an easy thing to answer. Because I've thought about it a lot. It is, ab- like, do not allow yourself to get hung up by the rules. In my opinion, uh, making sure the game is fun and playable and smooth is way more important than going through the rules. If you broke a rule and it was kind of important and it was, you could retcon it with your friends or just decide to amend it later. But for me, I mean... I'm a, I know a lot about the rules over the years. I've been DMing 5e since like 2017, 2018. And I have a very loose concept of the rules. My games are dragged behind the shed, butchered version of 5e, barely recognizable. We've house ruled it so much or just patched it up. And that's that's the way it should be. Me and my friends have a great time. And a lack of understanding around the rules should not stop you or your your table from enjoying this game. Hell yeah. All right. 
At the end of the show, we've got to ask one last thing we've got to do. Roll out the red carpet, so to speak. Quick crab. What have you got going on this week? What do I have going on this week? I'm very glad you asked. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. Really? It's kind of cool to help a little guy out. Yeah, no I'm idea. I had no YouTube. clue. His name's Crit Crab. He's also me. Uh, he likes to be a crab on the internet. He also talks about D&D. Occasionally. 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 But mostly just crab stuff. Like, I review seaweed and pieces of garbage that float up. Uh, how the t- how the how the plastic in the water is tasting this week? How how the temperature is 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 being managed? How the temperature? I hear, I hear it's getting see, a little warm in there. They talk about they talk about the oceans going up and like consuming the land. I personally don't think, as a crab, that this is my issue. Uh, I think think you guys can sort this one out. Yeah, uh, this is more beach for me. Uh, more water, uh, more space to evolve the giant crab we keep under the under the below low. Hey, Luka <laughs> is actually not a, a serpent. It's actually been a crab this whole time. Wait, what? What? One second, I gotta Google this. Luka as a crab? I, I was jo- no, it's no, it, that's a joke, mate. Oh man, oh, you got my hopes up. Was I was joke. like so ready to go that blast this joke. all over Twitter. That was a joke. Oh man, you broke my heart. Now I'm crying. Look, look what you did. Look, look, look. Look what you did. We can call Matt Mercer and be like, hey man, just I saying. can call Matt. I think I can call Matt. Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> call Joe Cat, then he'll call Matt. I'll call Joe Cat. He'll call Matt and be like, hey man, this little crab guy, he's crying right now. Ukatoa. The least you could do be- is recall Ukatoa and uh, give it a claw, maybe. I thought you were saying like it was a crab that was like that had octopus tentacles or something. You wait, you you thought I was being serious? I thought I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know that much about Critical Role. I okay, watch that much. No, no, respect, I watched the first respect. forty episodes. That um, is a lot of episodes. <laughs> you I, mean? realize how I didn't watch that much. Oh, I watched literally like 160 hours of their content. That's the problem. Okay, like look, it's. I, I love what they do. I love the people who do it. I follow them on I, on everything. I, I love, I want to watch, the, I'm going to watch the animated show when it comes out. Hell But yeah. I do not, I cannot. Have time. I don't, yeah, no, I wish I could. Same. I really do. Because it's such a good story. And I watch clips and keep up on Critical Recap. But I I just can't watch. God can't bless watch Danny Carr fact, and her animated recaps, by the way. God bless Danny Carr. Yes, God recap. bless. God bless. Whoever's whoever critical role employee, whoever's idea that was, your God's gift. Yeah, to you're humanity. my favorite one now. Yeah. Look what you've done. I think it was now Marisha. She's like the favorite. creative director, isn't she? Marisha. Thank you, Marisha. Yeah, Marisha's extremely oof. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, great, great job. Shout out to Critical Role, another small yeah, little Yeah, small channel. Project. Probably haven't heard small, of them. Gotta help out the little guys. Help that's what we like the... to do here in the tavern. Yep, uh, yep. That's what we like mm-hmm. to do. All right, if you guys enjoyed this episode of Roll for Insight and you want to let me know, then please do leave a like. If you want to see more of our content, then please do subscribe to Crispy's Tavern and subscribe to Crit Crab. He makes awesome content. If you're on the podcast platform, rate and follow. If you want to leave your own thoughts, go down to the comments down below. If you can't think of a comment, leave the comment sidetracked because that's what we did this episode. In essence, like, comment, subscribe. We will both see you all next time. Farewell. Farewell.